You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 292 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, going over the A's weekend against the Royals because there were some standout performances that we have to talk about. In the second segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, where the A's are individually and as a team kind of as a precursor to my trade trade deadline episode that I'll be doing a little bit later this week, Uh, maybe tomorrow, depending on how the game goes against the Angels. Um, And then in the third segment, I'll be talking about the Angels series that I, you know, giving you the pitching probables and uh, how have the Angels been since they last played the Oakland Athletics. So we got all that coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, make sure to tune into the Locked On MLB podcast and you can join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Uh, he does a great job just recapping the day's action. Sometimes he takes some some of the stuff that we say in our videos post game. Uh, sometimes he just rants about Garrett Cole. It's fantastic. You got to listen to it. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into the A's 6-3 win over the Royals. Uh, I'll... I'm actually not really talking about that game. The A's won this game 6-3, to and I'm talking more about the weekend as a whole. I just uh, usually talk about the, the previous game, but you know what? Let's talk about the whole damn thing. Uh, they are now 40-27 and on the season. Their run differential, which was a big sticking point, is at plus 21 right now, and they are two games clear of the Houston Astros, who lost a game this weekend to the Minnesota Twins. So, ha, ha, ha. Um... On a related note, weirdly, the A's uh, in the MLB.com power rankings done by noted Astros fan Allison Footer are still the number seven team in baseball, according to their power rankings. Uh, One spot behind the aforementioned Houston Astros, who have two fewer wins and are, you know, not necessarily better. They have more talent, but are they... Are they winning more games? No, they're not, Allison. Get it right. (laughs) Also, the A's are one of only four teams with 40-plus wins right now. Is it their schedule? Is it No, they're playing really friggin' good. They were 1-7 to start the season, remember? And then they've done everything else since then, so they've been just fine after that first week of the season. And uh, just taking a look at the starting pitching, which has been the key for me. Uh, They've pitched very, very well this entire series. And uh, Bassett was arguably the worst pitcher of the bunch because he didn't quite go six. But let's run down some of these lines from the weekend. You got Frankie Montas, who went six and a third innings, gave up five hits, two runs, uh, struck out eight. Then you had Cole Irvin. He went six innings, gave up six hits, one earned run, struck out four. You had James Caprillion, who somehow went six scoreless, gave up two hits and struck out seven. He walked four guys. So that's why I say somehow 
uh, with that one because he, he had a rough game, but you wouldn't look at it if you didn't include the walks. And I didn't because I forgot it on the first two and I didn't want to double back. <laughs> Anyways, then you got Chris Bassett who went five and two thirds innings pitched. Uh, he also got hit by a ball. So uh, rough, rough start for Chris Bassett. He gave up five hits, two earned runs, struck out five. So as a whole, the starting pitching in this series against the Kansas City Royals went 24 innings pitched, 18 hits allowed, five earned runs, and 24 strikeouts. So that's good for a K per nine strikeout rate of, uh, you know, nine per nine. So that's fantastic. And also an ERA cumulatively over these four games of 1.88. So, uh, you know, Luzardo gave up a couple of runs. Jake Deepin gave up, gave up a couple of runs. But uh, the starters, they, they held their own. So maybe the A's need some bullpen help. And I'll get into that uh, a little bit later here. But uh, let's also talk about some guys that, uh, one could use use the the pump up, and two also uh, don't get enough pub from me. So let's start off with Tony Kemp, uh, who has been fantastic. I have not talked about him enough. I tweet about him a lot, just you know. Tony Kemp is amazing, and Tony Kemp's the you know the engine of this entire offense and all that stuff. But I don't talk about him on the podcast very often. So uh, I wanted to give him some due. And since the beginning of May, in Two games out of 23 that he has started, started, not necessarily just appeared in, but started and gotten multiple plate appearances. Uh, he has only not been on base in two of those games, two of those 23 games. He has not gotten on base either with a walk or with a hit. Uh, in that span, he also has 17 runs scored and 11 runs batted in. He has been the catalyst for this offense when, you know, Matt Chapman's not doing it. Uh, Elvis Andres has also been very good, but when other guys are not in the lineup, you know, Ramon Laureano not in the lineup, it's been basically Matt, uh, Matt Olson, Tony Kemp, and Elvis Andres just they set the plate for him. He brings him in with home runs, and that's been fantastic. And his on-base percentage has not been below 346 since April 18th. That is uh, not astounding, but that's a that's a good mark. That is a good, you know, hey, that that's a good, you know, OBP for a, a player, just a general player. 346, that's really, really good. And uh, it's currently much, much higher. I think it's at 391 right now, but uh, it has not been below 346 since the middle of April. So... He's been fantastic, and we just haven't been paying attention this entire season. Uh, Matt Chapman, he was the big star of this series. I got some good. I got some potentially bad. So let's start with the good, obviously. He went 7 for 16 in this series with three doubles, two home runs, six runs scored, four runs batted in. He was fantastic. Uh, I had that bet with uh, Ryland Styles of Locked On Royals. Who would get more hits in this series between Matt Chapman and Salvador Perez? And I... I Love to say that I won that bet seven to six. Thank you, Matt Chapman. I started this entire thing. Uh, he raised his batting average 20 points to secure the victory for me. So good job out of Matty Chap. Um, so great series. I don't want to take that away. He was fantastic. But I do want to throw in this one little caveat. I looked at his pitch selection and what he was hitting throughout the course of the weekend, and he got zero hits on four seamers. I believe he was like 0 for 4 on four seamers. So, And he's been struggling with fastballs, and that is, you know, it's something. And he wasn't seeing a ton of them, which is one thing, but uh, he was he did get a bunch of hits on sinkers. So he that is a type of fastball, but it is not a four-seam fastball. So... If a pitcher has a four-seam fastball, I might see that you might be seeing them over the next you know few days, uh, spe specifically the Angels because uh, they have the scouting report. Maybe they attack him with solely four-seamers and not as many sinkers or changeups because the Royals were giving him sliders and changeups, and that was 
what you were not supposed to do for Matt Chapman is speed up his bat and let him do damage against you. He's been having a hard time with four seamers and, you know, fastballs in general. And uh, he did some damage against those. So I'm not saying that we're out of the woods with Matt Chapman yet. Maybe we see the return of just four seamers and, you know, a four seamer heavy diet. Uh, but he had a fantastic weekend. I love seeing that out of him. And uh, one last thing about the four seamer thing here, and that is uh, in his second at bat on Sunday. In his second at bat, the first two, se- sorry, in uh, Friday and Saturday, he swung at the first pitch. He, you know, did damage with that. He was doing great. Uh, and this one, the first pitch was a ball. It was a four seamer. He didn't swing at it because it was a ball. Uh, so he swung at the first or at the second pitch of the at bat, which was a four seamer, fouled that one away. And then he got six four seam fastballs in this entire at bat. So his timing should be there given how hot he is, everything else, his timing should be right. And he fouled one off. Uh, he got one called because it was a three, one count. So he was, you know, eh, it's close ball. So, uh, let it go to three, two. And then he, he struck out on a foul tip. So, uh, he, he couldn't put his bat on the ball. So that is kind of what I'm a little bit concerned about. We will see how that progresses throughout the course of the week, but, uh, Great series from Matt Chapman. I, I don't know that we're out of the woods, but it, he showed up at the right time and, uh, you know, for, for my bet purposes, at least. So uh, thank you to Matt Chapman on that. Uh, keep grinding, buddy. I, I'm excited about this. And then obviously I'm, I'm closing this one out with Matt Olson, who went seven for 15 in this series. I did not realize that he was that good. I was just like, oh, yeah, he hit a bunch of home runs. Good for him. Uh, he, he went seven for 15 in the series, uh, three home runs. That gives him 18 on the season. He had a double just for fun. And then he also just uh, drove in six runs. He scored three himself and he had a walk. So uh, that is a series from Matt Olson right there. And for the entire season right now, for the entirety of 2021, he has a 289 batting average, which is not what you associate with uh, Matt Olson, but I love seeing it, obviously. He has a 374 on base and 984 OPS. These are all fantastic numbers, if you can't tell by the excitement in my voice. His 18 home runs are tied for third in baseball behind only Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., who has actually done it in like 41 games. He's done it in like so few games, and he has one more home run than Matt Chapman, or Matt Olson, sorry. And uh, that's just impressive. So Fernando Tatis... Uh, Always loved in my heart. Uh, he's also the, the guy that he's tied with is Ronald Acuna Jr. So, uh, yeah, it's Matt Olson, and then all of the faces of baseball are atop this leaderboard right now. And then he also has 47 runs batted in, which is tied for sixth in baseball. Uh, you know, obviously, Vladito is uh, winning that one too, but he's right there with like a Yuli Guriel, who has been a nice uh, catalyst for the Houston Astros' stupid offense. So, good for him. Um, but yeah, I got a little bit more to talk about uh, given, you know, just the A's in general this season uh, on after Friday's game, I went over to Fangraphs and I was like, hey, what are how are the A's doing, uh, you know, as, as a lineup? Where can they improve? How is their starting pitching? How is their relief pitching? And so I wrote down some numbers. They're not necessarily quite up to date because the stats don't get updated, uh, you know, when I record, but uh, they they give you an idea of where the A's are at. So I'm using that as a precursor to an episode uh, tomorrow, probably on who the A's can go after, given these, you know, little, little holes that they can plug in and get an upgrade somewhere else. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I got that coming right up for you. Stonks, memes, rocket chips, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a wealth friend investment account today. 
Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, so team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of, of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stonks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you control. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need is $500 to get started. So grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you're like here in podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you have not followed us on Twitter yet, uh, shame on you. But I also want to take this time to thank Ross Day from Oregon, who tweeted at us and said, uh, thanks for an awesome Twitter feed. I love it. Lifelong A's fan in Oregon. So thank you to Ross Day for following us on Twitter and also listening to the show. Uh, love that we're getting. You know, it, it's a global podcast, but we also get to Oregon as well. So uh, thank you, Ross, for the, the kind words. I I always uh, love hearing nice things about uh, the work that I put in. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Ross. And I don't remember if I said email us any questions that you have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com, but I'm throwing it in there anyway, just in case. Um, but let's talk about how the A's have been doing as a whole. Uh, where can they improve? And I'm going to go in, in completely down the lineup and give you where I think that they could use some additions. And then in and a future episode, probably tomorrow, I will be going over uh, who they could actually go to to fill those holes that I see or perceive at least. So let's just start off with the the catcher position. You got Sean Murphy. He's hitting 211 with a 303 on base, and he's been exactly league average. He is uh, a, a 100 WRC plus. Obviously, he's not going anywhere. He's fine. Uh, RMS Garcia questionable. We will see. Uh, he has a 186 batting average, a 226 on base, and a 52 WRC plus. And I also wrote down his splits, which have not been great. Uh, his splits, uh, let, let's start with Sean Murphy's splits on this one. And I just wrote down WRC plus. His, uh, Sean Murphy's WRC plus against lefties is 71. So that is 29% below league average. But against the righties, he has a 116. So that is 16% above league average. You want him facing as many righties as you can get him in the lineup for, even though he's only hitting 211. He can crush some right-handed pitching. So vice versa, you want RMS Garcia to crush a left-handed pitching for whatever outings he's going to get. You want it to be against a lefty. And uh, I mean according to the splits that Sean Murphy has, not because of anything that RMS Garcia has done. So that's the way that I approach that is what is, what does your starter do? How can you help supplement him? And RMS Garcia not doing a great job. He has a 68 WRC plus against lefties, uh, which is three points lower than Sean Murphy. And so why not just play Sean Murphy all the time? And you can't play him against righties because he has a 47 WRC plus. So he's even worse against righties. So for me, I think you need a catcher that can mash against lefties, and that would be a very big upgrade. What do you do with Armas Garcia? 
does it matter? I don't know that it does at this point. Uh, they've given him, you know, a, a nice little shot, and he's not going to be the starting catcher. So you do what you can do. Maybe you can bring up somebody else from the minors if you want to. But I think that for that specific role, you want a good defensive catcher and somebody who can also mash because you're going for a championship right now. It's not time for, you know, just trying. You need somebody who can do. So uh, that is one position that I will be talking about. I got a couple of guys that I have my eye on. I'll do a little bit more research, but I got a couple of guys that I already have my eye on that should be available at the trade deadline. So I got that coming your way tomorrow. Uh, continuing down the line, Matt Olson, he's fantastic. He has a 155 WRC plus. He's, he's fine. Uh, Jed Lowry, I've expressed some concern just about how his production will hold up the whole season, but right now he has a 109 WRC plus. He's been fantastic. Matt Chapman, I wrote these uh, stats down after Friday's game, so they're not quite updated, but uh, you, you know what I'm going for here. Uh, and he's also not going anywhere, so it doesn't matter what his current stats are, but he's currently hitting 221. It says 211 on my piece of paper. He has a 316 on base. I think it's up to 321 as well. And then uh, his WRC plus was 91 before Saturday and Sunday's game. So he had been, you know, better than I actually actually thoughts, but still needed some improvement. And if he gets going, the A's offense looks a whole lot better. So I'm very, very excited about that. Elvis Andrews on the season, he's hitting 213 uh, as of Friday with a 266 on base and a 56 WRC plus. Uh, he has been much, much better than that the last 30, 15, seven games, whatever split you want. He's hitting right around 300 with like a 330 on base. So he's been fantastic. He's not going to hit home runs. He might once he hits a home run, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, so that's the thing that I'm rooting for right now. So yeah, I hope that the A's win, but I also really, really, really want Elvis Andrews to go deep. And I was kind of thinking that it might happen in Colorado. It didn't. So now I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it does, I'm going to tweet in so many capital letters. Um, moving right down the line, you got Steven Piscotti. He's hitting 220 with a 289 on base, which is really low from somebody, you know, not Elvis Andrews, but really low. I think you'd need somebody who has at least a 300 on base and that's against both lefties and righties to, you know, in his defense and he has an 89 WRC plus. Um, I also wrote down his splits because as I've mentioned before, the plan of attack for 2021 should be just limiting his at bats to the, the side that he crushes. And that is lefties against lefties. He has a 266 batting average with a 338 on base and a 760 OPS. Not great numbers, but they're decent and they're at least league average. He's not, you know, hurting you by being in the lineup against righties. He's been terrible. He's hitting 169 with a 234 on base and a 539 OPS. So he's not near the same player. Uh, and his WRC plus against righty or against lefties, I'm sorry, is 117. So that is fantastic. You want him in there against lefties. And at least in my mind, his platoon partner is Seth Brown, who has also been struggling on the season. He's, he's hitting 190 with a 264 on base and a 95 WRC plus and his splits have been okay. Uh, he's hit, you know, righties or lefties actually better than righties. So that's strange and not necessarily what you need him for, but his defense has been solid. Uh, his outs above average is in the 80th percentile. His chase rate is in the 70th percentile. His max Exit velocity is in the 91st percentile. Those are all fantastic. You want him in there playing defense, but his average exit velocity is in the 22nd percentile, uh, which means he can crush the ball when he makes solid contact, but he's not doing it 
any other time. And so that's something that's a little bit worrisome. His whiff rate is in the 19th percentile and his hard hit rate is in the 22nd percentile. So uh, I think that it's more of an approach thing for him. And I don't know that that's something that you can fix by the end of this season. He's also about to be 29 years old, which, you know, obviously much younger than I am, but uh, it's harder to, I assume, learn those skills and change who he is at this point in his career. So maybe they have to make an addition to replace Seth Brown and get somebody else who can just mash against righties. Uh, you know, he can do it in, you know, bursts and whatnot, but is he reliable enough? It, would you trust him against Garrett Cole right now? That's how I view these moves right now is who do I want up there that's going to go crush a dinger against Garrett Cole in game seven of, you know, the ALCS or whatever? Do I think that the Yankees are going to be there? No, but, you know, against the, the higher caliber pitchers in baseball. And so that's what I'm kind of trying to attack here. Um, I also wrote down just, you know, the, the starting pitcher uh, stats just on the whole. Uh, the league average for starting pitchers is 8.95 strikeouts per nine. So, you know, roughly one an inning, uh, three walks per nine and a 4.10 ERA. And the A starters, who I mentioned in the first segment, had a very, very good weekend and have also pitched the most innings in baseball. So good job out of them. Uh, the A's starting staff has 8.59 strikeouts per nine. So just a little bit lower on average than the league. Uh, they are walking many, many fewer at 2.31 per nine. And then they have a 386 ERA. So uh, they've been better than league average, which is kind of all you, you hope for as an A's fan is just better than average. Maybe you get one for, you know, that big game in, in the playoffs, but um, right now they're, they're doing okay. Are they set up for if anybody gets injured? Not necessarily. I mean, you could throw Luzardo back in there, but is he an upgrade? I don't know right now. So we'll see. Uh, and then the relievers, uh, their strikeouts are way down compared to league average. Cause you know, you got some strikeout masters, you know, like James Karinchak and, um, all of the brewers pitchers, but, uh, relievers in the league overall, nine, five, nine strikeouts per nine, three ninety two for the walks per nine. And then a four Oh seven ERA. The A's got him beat in walks again with a 3.3 compared to the 3.9. So that's solid. The ERA is 3.86 as opposed to 407, but they are only striking out 7.84 per nine compared to 959 across the league. So almost two per nine less. Would I like to see them th add some guys that could, you know, throw some heaters and get more strikeouts, whiffs and all that stuff? Of course. And I've got a couple of names that uh, I don't know that they're necessarily going to fit that mold, but they do fit a mold that I'm excited about. So I'll get in, into that in tomorrow's episode for you guys. But uh, that's just kind of where I'm looking right now is a, a fourth, third slash fourth outfielder because you got Mark Canna, you got Ramon Laureano. They've been fantastic. Uh, but, you know, you could use an upgrade there for one of those spots. And then also, you know, a, a reliever that is solid against righties. That's that's the only hint that I'm going to give you guys. And then also a backup catcher. Those are the three areas that I'm looking at. Uh, Mitch Moreland has been slightly below league average, but he's been fairly good overall. Uh, not, you know, great. He hasn't been what we necessarily wanted, but is it worth the, the cost of Nelson Cruz? Not necessarily. I mean, where, who else are you going to... You can't just get rid of Mitch Moreland. So... What else would, you know, what other moves would come with that? So I think that Mitch Moreland's probably here to stay, but those are the three low cost acquisition moves that I, I'm going to be talking about here uh, on tomorrow's podcast. So uh, make sure to tune in for that. But coming up, I'm talking about the A's and Angels series, pitching probables and just, you know, things about the Angels that uh, you might not know just yet. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back.
Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, my friends, we are talking about Built Bar, and they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time boxes, and uh, they sent me one, those, those grasshopper cookies, those are delicious. They taste like Thin Mints, and I can't get enough of the grasshopper cookie. It's still a protein bar. It still tastes like a, a Built Bar but it has that flavor that uh, is undeniable. It is fantastic, and that is what they do with all of their bars. They're just delicious protein bars that are just good for you, and that's why I like having them as a nice, you know, either, you know, if I skip breakfast, have a Built Bar. If I am hungry in the afternoon, have a Built Bar. They're fantastic, and you can go order a mixed box, and they will send you two of each of their nine flavors, and you can just get a nice little assortment, you know, if it feels like a raspberry day, you can go have a raspberry. If it feels like a coconut day, you go have that coconut. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. I just went over to the website, and they have the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so <laughs> they have them at minus one and a half for Monday's game, for today's game. So uh, if you want to go ahead and bet against them, go Montreal and being Canadian, I guess. Uh, and I'm I'm definitely rooting for them in that series. So so before the next pitch or before, you know, the puck drop or anything like that, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. And also, if you like this show, you might also like the Locked On Today podcast, where today they're asking the question, can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? Get more of the sports news you need in the last time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, also, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter or Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions, send us to Lockdown Athletics at Gmail mail.com. Uh, so let's talk about this A's and Angels series just real quick. Uh, the Angels are also fairly hot right now. They are above 500. So when the A's end up beating them, it will help their record against teams over 500, which I'm very excited about for the next three days. Uh, the Angels are 33 and 32 right now. They have won six games in a row and they are eight and two in their last 10. This is all without Mike Trout. Uh, so they've been doing very, very well. I clicked on a few names in their lineup, you know, like uh, Justin Upton. He's been hitting fantastic. He's been getting on base. He's been great. Uh, the power hasn't necessarily been, you know, huge and prevalent. I think he's got like two home runs in his last 15 games, but, you know, he's still been pretty good. Um, and then you know, David Fletcher, he's turning it around. So that's never good news. Uh, you know, Jared Walsh has been fine. Joe Otani has been pretty good. Um, 
So their lineup is really, really good. Anthony Rendon's also hitting. So everybody in the lineup, just assume that everybody's going to get a hit every time up because they've been fantastic for the last uh, 15 games. Or basically, since that the last time that they play the A's, they've been fantastic. Uh, so keep an eye out. But I just wanted to go over some of the pitching matchups for the week just because I found them interesting. Uh, you got Sean Manaya going against Dylan Bundy. Uh, Manaya has already started two games against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And uh, he has gone 11 and two-thirds in pitched he's gone you know five and two-thirds and six innings uh in one start and one start so there you go uh and then he has uh given up two earned runs total in that time so he's been fantastic against the angels so it's going to be can the bullpen hold off this angels attack because they might be fairly relentless uh dylan bundy got one start against the a's as well he went two and a third innings pitched in that sunday game i believe and uh he gave up four earned runs and uh he Hasn't been great, but at the same time, his last start was against the Kansas City Royals, and he got his first win on the season. I believe he is 1-7 and seven now, so he did one good start, so good for him, and it happened to be his last start. Uh, and then in, on Tuesday, you got Frankie Montas against Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney always seems like he's a pain in the butt. He has not started against the A's yet this season. Uh, he has a 437 ERA, which is actually the same exact ERA as Frankie Montas. So interesting. Uh, Frankie Montas has also made one start against the Angels. He went five and two thirds innings pitched, gave up four runs, but zero of those were earned. So uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Hopefully the defense shows up and you know does a good job behind Frankie Montas. And I also just real quick, wanted to mention this Frankie Montas thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, I was looking through game logs and all that stuff to get ready for, you know, just writing down some names and stats real quick. And he has had arguably just two bad starts. He's given up four runs in one start, but uh, he, his start against the Dodgers was not great. I believe he gave up Six or seven runs. Uh, he gave up six runs in one of these, seven in the other. I believe this one, he gave up six runs against the Dodgers. Not a great start. That was the first start of, of his season. And then he also had that start against the Minnesota Twins. You know, that wacky game where the A's continued their win streak on all of the errors and extra innings. Yeah, that start too. So he started those two games. He ended up giving up 13 earned runs combined in six and two-thirds innings pitch. So I took those out and was like, hey, How's he been outside of those two crazy starts? You know, when the A's were not playing like the A's and also that wacky, wacky Minnesota game. And he actually has a three ERA, just an even three ERA outside of those two starts. So he has been actually very, very good. And for me, I think that I, I get lost in, you know, just his Frankie Montasness of his starts where he'll, he will be a shutdown guy for like five innings and then give up three runs. And then it makes his stat line look a little bit worse. But if you're giving up, you know, uh, three runs in six innings or whatever it is, uh, that's still a quality start. So you look at the the how he gets there, I think, is what I get lost in, as opposed to the end product and how he's actually been doing, which is a three ERA outside of a couple of blow-up starts. So he's been fantastic. Looking forward to that start. Andrew Heaney, who is usually really good against the A's, and then also Frankie Montas. They both have a 437 ERA on the season. And then you also got Cole Irvin going against Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning also has not started against the Oakland A's this season, so uh, fun. Also, Shohei Otani not pitching in this series, so... 
uh, that they're hiding him. He's like Mike Fires, but for the Angels <laughs> and against the A's. So anyways, uh, but uh, Cole Irvin did get one start against the Angels and he wasn't great. He went six innings, gave up four runs, but I think that he's a little bit different of a pitcher now than he was in that start. So uh, it should be a very interesting matchup. The Angels have been mashing the baseball the last uh, couple of weeks. So let's see if the A's can keep him in check and uh, get some more wins on the board. I would very much appreciate that. The The Astros are going to be playing the Texas Rangers. And as A's fans, we keep saying we still have 19 games against the Rangers. Uh, so I'm not expecting too many wins from them against the Houston Astros this week. So uh, we'll see what happens. Then the A's get to play the New York Yankees over the weekend. So And they also have an off day on Thursday. So uh, it's going to be a fun week. We'll, we'll see what the A's are made out of placing a very, very hot Los Angeles Angels team and also the actual New York Yankees who have not been playing well, but they are going to the Bronx. So we'll see. Uh, so that's what's coming up for you guys this week. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing the trade deadline preview, I think. Just going over some guys that have caught my eye, making a case for why the A should go after them. Uh, there's going to be some backup catcher talk. There's going to be some third slash fourth outfielder talk. And then some, uh, you know, some relief core help, hopefully, on the way to Oakland. So that's what I got coming up for you guys tomorrow. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that. Follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And uh, that's all I got for you guys today. So until tomorrow, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow.